on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves coming at you from the top secret podcasting bunker here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, because I'm moving. I don't have any of my stuff. This is going to be off the rails from the jump, and I haven't even begun to get into why to do that. I'm going to bring in my co-host, my (laughs) co-navigator, the voice of NXT. I didn't have a clever... I can tell kick. how tired you are, man. I can I actually am sense it. I, I am physically just worn out. My body has gone. You know what, Graves? That's enough. You need to take a break. But I got to power through one more episode of ATB. And it's going to be a wild, a, a wild one, an unusual one, for a reason that I am a bit ashamed mm. to admit. I'm going to say this. I am ashamed. I have let myself down mm. because I was wrong. Yes, you were. I was wrong. I was mistaken. And the ATB faithful on the Twitter machine verified that, in fact, Vic Joseph is not the oddball for spreading his peanut butter with a spoon. As a matter of fact, that seems to be the more popular way to do it, unless all of the normal people like me that utilize a knife just didn't bother to weigh in. But it was almost exclusively spoon-based spreading on the internet this week. And as a result, I have been forced to turn the keys of my ATB vehicle over. Vroom, vroom, vroom. You're going to get a lot of that today, Graves. Vroom, vroom. I'm going to jerk the wheel into a bridge embankment. That's where I'm at right now. Here are the keys, Vic. You get to navigate ATB this week. So uh, the ball is in your court, as the kids say. So I would like to say to Alex, who is listening, and Dan and anyone else, the clip of Corey saying I'm wrong. Can we get that as a drop to use on future episodes of the show? No, no. this well, is a one-time not? isolated incident. Oh, come on. You just said you were sorry to me. No, no, I was ashamed. Yeah, but that says you're sorry. No, 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 I'm ashamed of myself. I disappointed myself. I do not owe you any apologies. You I already did, not- though. This is great. This is one of my best days. Well, good. I'm glad you're smiling ear to ear. I'm, I don't even know what planet I'm on right now. Not only, and look, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. I'm just being like logistically, the, the week has been a nightmare. The last two weeks, I, I've been doing double duty on Raw, on SmackDown, and I'm simultaneously moving into a new house, which anyone who's moved into a new house knows what a stressful nightmare <sighs> that can be. 
Uh, my podcast studio is not complete, which is why I'm coming to you from this clandestine location. Great word. Yeah, right? See, that's, that's, what, that's a million what I dollar do. word. It sure but is. You know what? You still what? apologize to me today. Okay, which anyway. Which is a million dollar apology. We're not going to gloat. We're not going to. Money, gonna... money, money, money. This is going to be the money. longest 30 to 40 minutes of my life. This is going to be great. Look, but you're smiling though, because you got the thing going with your lips right now where they start to crinkle up when you try not to smile, but That's you're really Botox. smiling. Botox. <laughs> you son of a bee. Oh, you're smart. Right, you ready? Yeah, so, I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Let's get this ship going the right let's way. Let's not get ATB canceled. That's the goal be. of the day. Okay. We're, that is all I'm concerned about. As long as I still have my podcast next uh. week. This will be a, a, I don't want to call it a success, but uh, we will mitigate the disaster. Look who's fired up all of a sudden. Good morning, Mr. Graves. You're ready. Good morning, Vic. I'm okay. as ready as I'm going to be. So look, when, when we have things that are off air that aren't being recorded a lot like the spoon, I have a lot of clever things that I bring to the table. That just a lot you, of people don't you, know. You are not allowed to define them as clever. That is for They're the pretty listeners clever. to decide if it is clever. So we're going to do some off-wall topics with you today. We're going to grill graves. Wait, wait we're like, grilling me. I'm, I, look, you couldn't even book a guest. Huh? You are you the guest. Be, I don't want to be the guest on my own vroom, podcast. Vroom, It's got the keys. Vroom, vroom. Grilling graves is this week's edition of After the Bell. WWE After the Bell. Now, look, you and I have had a lot of conversations on this podcast, in cars, in the locker room, in catering. One question that we've thrown back and forth that I want you to answer right now. What if Andre the Giant beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3? Oh, my God. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we've ever discussed this because this thought has never crossed my mind because I was Maybe a, it was me and Alex who died in the wool Hulkamaniac when I was a kid. Uh, but I dare say that if Andre wins at WrestleMania 3, Hulkamania definitely doesn't reach the heights that it does. I mean, Andre maybe is is an even bigger star than he is to this day at that time. But Andre wouldn't have had the longevity that Hulk had. Hulk ushered in an entire new generation, a new era for WWE and the, the sports entertainment business kind of took the torch from Andre. I mean, Hulk has been very open in his book and, and talking about that, that if Andre didn't want Hulk to be in that spot, Hulk wasn't going to be in that spot. So if Andre wins, yeah, Andre's still on top for a while, but it definitely doesn't set that course of, of uh, arguably the hottest period of, of wrestling at that time in the, in, you know, the eighties uh, into the early nineties with Hulkamania running wild at the forefront. It just doesn't happen. So that domino effect, we could sit here and do an entire episode about, uh, but yeah, I, I think this, this is actually kind of an interesting conversation that we could maybe have down the line, because I think the ripple effect of that would be insurmountable. I mean, the business as a whole does just looks totally different because you don't have Hulkamania at the forefront, he was just a guy that couldn't get it done with Andre the Giant. So now there's a whole generation of fans, myself included, yourself included, mm -hmm. who don't maybe love the business to the extent that we do to where it becomes an obsession because of Hulkamania. Let's see what Twitter has to say, because you're right. We're probably not celebrating WrestleMania. Certainly probably not celebrating SummerSlam even in 2021 going into 2022, or it certainly looks very much different because Hogan did face Andre again at WrestleMania four, if memory suits me correct. They still have that story that went for another year, but it definitely would have changed things very dramatically. So let me move to another question that kind of has the same aura to it. So this is what we're going to do. You're just going to add, you have a list of questions. You're just going to rifle off at me. This is how, this is what you do with the keys to my kingdom. Wow. Do you hear that? It's grilling graves. 
Vroom, vroom, back on the road. Here we go. Question two. Why why did we invest in the soundboard? We've got Vic, who's basically Michael Winslow these days. That's good. Here we go. This kind of has the same effect. John Cena, Roman Reigns, SummerSlam. World was talking about it. John Cena, 16-time world champion, movie star, A-lister, whatever you want to throw his way. John Cena has talked about it. He may have even talked to you on the podcast when it first started. When it was good. What? If, what, <laughs> what if John Cena was released before the Doctor of Thugonomics? Because John has been open and talked about. This was like me going all in. This was my last ditch effort. This was me saying, screw it. Let's do this. What if there was no John Cena? Where does then the era of wrestling sports entertainment go in the mid 2000s? That's a great question. And again, it's an impossible one to answer. I would like to imagine someone would have stepped up into that role, but we always talk about John Cena being the greatest of all time. To me, that title is earned because not only the, the level that Cena has performed at, but for how long Cena has been the dude, he essentially carried WWE on his back for the better part of a decade. Obviously people came and went, but Cena was the guy and still, as we saw at SummerSlam, still has the ability to be the guy. Um, I'm sure by now somebody would have definitely stepped up and, and taken that, that spot, but I don't know if I don't know who it would have been, and I don't know if anyone would have had the longevity that Cena had. It might have been a – we might be talking about two or three different reigns as as kingpin in WWE between several superstars because John did it, and he did it for, so well for so long. That, to me, was the most valuable thing about John Cena, you know, WWE superstar. Someone would have done it. I don't know who it would have been. Yeah, let's throw some names at you then. We got Batista. Batista's a huge star, not to the level – of John right. Cena, right? But could if he was given a little bit more, I don't want to say traction or the ball. I don't know if that's the right word. Like, could he have? Brock was there at the same time. Brock's still there, and you know, Brock Lesnar was coming along, and Randy Orton was, you know, coming along. There were some some faces, but I try to think of man, what has John done? Well, they could have done that, but could they have had that crossover appeal? I, I think I mean, Batista is one that steps out in the forefront to me. It definitely could have been Batista. Uh, Brock, I don't think, would have the crossover appeal from the entertainment perspective. Brock is, is a beast in and of himself that's just so different, and he fits perfectly in our world. He fit perfectly in the MMA world, but I don't foresee Brock having the interest to do commercials and movies. That's just not the kind of guy. And I don't know Brock well, but that's the vibe I, I've gotten from anyone around him is Brock's all business. Brock likes to compete and Brock likes to work out and Brock likes his privacy. Could it have been Batista? Maybe. I mean, Randy Orton's another viable one. Orton, I still, it's amazing to me how Orton still manages to get lost in the shuffle from time to time just because of the class he <laughs> was is, part right? of. The, the OVW class. I mean, there's a documentary about it on WWE Network. Batista, Cena, Orton. The other one that keeps getting lost in the shuffle, Shelton, Shelton Benjamin. Benjamin. We yeah. still have. And Shelton was you know, intercontinental champion. The, the matches with Shawn Michaels, everyone still remembers. That crop of, of guys that came up together, you basically had four, if not more, potential top guys in WWE. Not just, oh, here's a class. This guy's good. This guy will make a, a good character. This guy has a role. It was, hmm. We've got four bona fide studs. Like, which way are we going to go? So, so I don't know that it would if had Cena not hit when he did and and been able to parlay it into his amazing career. It could have been anybody. Maybe it was Shelton. Maybe it was Randy to to step out of Cena's shadow 
You know what I mean? Because I think without John Cena, maybe Randy Orton isn't respected the way he is today. Maybe he isn't looked at as that top villain, but also without Cena, is there an Orton? Like it, it's kind of is one there of those, an edge? Does edge go to the right. heights that he did without John Cena? It goes back to the Hogan ripple right, effect. Right. You had a very interesting uh tweet this week when it came to Shelton Benjamin, as a matter of fact, going back to Shelton just for a moment. He is seriously one of the most underrated guys right now on the roster that people just say, oh, it's Shelton Benjamin. That's Shelton freaking Benjamin. I don't right. think people realize how big and bad this dude is. <laughs> right. Shelton has, Shelton has such a cool laid back demeanor off screen that you you forget that the guy is a monster. He is a killer. He trained with Brock Lesnar. I mean, Shelton is as legitimate of a badass as anybody walking the earth right now. And he's just such a cool laid back, you know, go with the flow kind of guy that, that you, you forget that. But I think, I think there's still so much value in Shelton. I, I was excited when he came back to WWE after doing his thing in Japan for a while. I was like, oh man, here's a guy that, that has been around with that great crop of guys. And for one reason or another, he just isn't, he's Shelton. I, I don't know. I mean, give Shelton the ball. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, get, get in my fantasy rebook the territory sort of situation, but I would love to see Shelton have a serious program. As we say on TV, a series of matches or a rivalry. I still miss the hurt business. I know, I know, but um, yeah, I think we need to put a little more respect on Shelton's name. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We talk about Bobby Lashley. We talk about the big man being back. Uh, Drew McIntyre, the legitimacy of the championship. Let's have some fun now, Graves, because I know you want to have I fun. I haven't been thus far. <laughs> Who are the top five big men in WWE history? We had the Mount oh Rushmore. Oh, my God. We had the Mount Rushmore edition earlier this year. This kind of spawned that thinking. Top five big men. I mean, Andre's got to be at the top of the list. Andre just is in a category in and of himself. Uh, I mean, how big are we talking? Where are we talking? You just throw them out. Define big man. I mean, you got to throw Bam Bam Bigelow in the mix. I think he was pretty incredible. Uh, oh my God. I have Bam Bam written down as well. This Taker and Kane I have written down. Right. There's, there's, there are no right answers on this. Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger is not in my top five. Oh, so right. Top 30 perhaps, but not five. And, and you you, top 30? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I can't answer this one. I don't know. That's, that's impossible I, I hate do it we did we had weeks to do mount rushmore we and did. we had to do it piece by piece because there was serious thought put into that i'm not one of these guys it's like oh yeah boom 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 i don't have this readily available i don't make these lists in my brain well then let's talk about one that's very underappreciated to use that word again earthquake okay. i don't think earthquake gets enough love he should be considered as top five 
okay, I, that's, I, I'm not going to argue against that he belongs in top five. I, we talked about this briefly on the, when we watched SummerSlam 92, how amazing of an athlete Earthquake was, and Typhoon too, for, for his size. I mean, I've actually been able to stand next to Typhoon, and he is a massive human being. I would say you could definitely throw them in the underappreciated uh, great big men. But again, as a kid, I couldn't stand watching Earthquake. Earthquake bored me to death. I was like, here's this guy who, does, he's huge, but he doesn't particularly look cool. He looks like somebody's big uncle. Uh, but then you actually see him w move and work and throw a drop kick. And, and at my, this age now, I look back and go, oh my oh, God, wow. Earthquake was pretty awesome. I just didn't realize it at the time. So you talk about uncles. Oh, what did you do for is, Labor Day? This is a very good intro. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did, did I do, do for Labor Day, Vic? I, I called Monday Night Raw. Oh, that's I right. woke up at seven o'clock in the morning after I I left. I went to bed at one a.m. Don't get hot about it. Don't yeah, get this hot is about no, no. It. This is why we're in the situation we're in because I bit off more than I can chew, and I I came up short in a debate and I lost a bet, and now here you are defacing ATB <gasps> and everything <gasps> that I have built and worked for, and all the ATB listeners look forward to, and you're just desecrating. Wait a minute, it. you got to remember the position you put yourself in here. You argued with me about using spoon and peanut butter. You should know better than to argue with me about stupid things because usually i'm correct touche okay so that comes back to chewing what you just said would you ever eat a banana hot dog and before you write it off let me explain myself labor day you got extra hot dog buns you need a nice nutritious breakfast maybe a snack you open said hot dog bun don't give me the sigh and look down people can't see you right now but i can't come on stay with me here get that spoon Put it in that creamy peanut butter. I mean, you can use crunchy if you'd like, but I like to use the Reese's What kind of butter. psychopath eats crunchy peanut butter? Uh, some people, I eat it with a spoon sometimes. So just take that spoon, both sides of the bun. Alex, I can see you too, by the way, for those, and you're laughing. Both sides of the bun, okay? Rather than ketchup, rather than mustard or relish, you take a banana, you peel that banana, you cut that banana in half, and you put half of that banana in the hot dog okay, bun. I'm so going to stop like you right here because I don't like bananas. But you wouldn't even give that a shot. No, you wouldn't even admit that that could be good. No, that a banana on a hot dog bun—that sounds disgusting. Yeah, well, what's different from having a banana peanut butter sandwich, which is one of the most delicious sandwiches you can have? Uh, I disagree. I don't like bananas, so this is an irrelevant conversation. There's nothing okay. that you're going to say that's going to make me go, "Oh, well." When you put it that way, I don't like bananas. I think you need to go see a doctor because you're going to have very low potassium. But we'll check that and put a pin in it for later. So let's get back in the car, Graves. Are we no, done we yet? Still got, yeah. oh. I still got 56 more questions that I have been approved I am by ready. WWE management to ask you so that we can get through this episode. So since you're riding shotgun with me, we're in the car. What's the top road snack? We're going to say it together on three. Ready? One, two, three. Beef Meat jerky. sticks. Yeah. Okay, you said beef jerky. Okay, same thing. Okay, see? The smile's back. Gravy's back in the car, baby. Let's go. All right, what's the best flavored meat stick or beef jerky? I got to just go with like the hot Slim Jims or the hot um, Jack's Links or any, any, any of the spicy meat stick is the way to go. I am going to shelve my answer because I want to actually bring Alex in right now if he is around and available because what Alex, I think, right has a very different about? take. <laughs> what do you mean if I'm around? I don't know. I just was trying <laughs> to He's sell on it. the Zoom screen. I'm looking right he's at physically, you. right. <laughs> you could not be listening, though, sometimes. Sometimes you go and you're playing with your hair. Wow. Well, I'll get to my wow. face sometimes. I have to move Okay. It. What's the best flavored meat? I like beef jerky. I If I had to take my pick on the road, I would probably grab the uh, teriyaki flavored. I, I like that one a lot. I think that's that's solid. But I don't, I'm not going stick. I'm probably going the bag of the loose uh, beef jerky pieces. 
Yeah. Either way, I, I think I think beef jerky is like pizza. There's no such thing as bad beef jerky. There are yeah, some like that are pepper. better than others. Well, there is bad pizza. It's no, just, there's not, it, Alex. I, there's I not so, bad yes. pizza. There is. You put pineapple on pizza. It's bad. What are you That's talking correct, about? Pineapple on pizza is totally acceptable and oh, should be no. celebrated. Whoa, 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 whoa. You guys, you just asked me about putting a banana on a hot dog bun. Don't, don't put that on me. Yet you somehow have an issue yeah, with pineapple fault. on pizza. You, you guys, you're hypocrites, both you're, of you. You're criminal if you put pineapple on pizza. I had pineapple on pizza this week. That's why Do you put criminal. anything else on it, or is it just pineapple? Yeah, like you, you know, pineapple a, a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian pizza. It. You put a little, yeah, and a nice bit of ham, some, some. Oh, it's the it's the best way to live. Yeah, it's black olive on pizza is nice. Okay. I'm just saying, just want to throw that out. But there. I do okay. think there, but I do think there is a such thing as bad pizza because you can get, you know, a place where it's like, oh, the it's a little too overdone or the sauce isn't up to snuff or like. There's I think definitely you bad beef a jerky. Bad, a bad pizza. Uh, no, I've never had bad beef jerky. I've had that bad beef exist. jerky. Old and it's like uh, too hard to chew. It's back to what you said. The bags. Oh, I can't do it. I agree with Graves when it comes to on the road. Just getting a meat stick, throwing it in, nice and spicy. Can't That's say what other she things. Said. <laughs> Giggity. So, all right, we're going to get off that before we get into real trouble. Let's get back into the That's really good said. stuff. <laughs> Grissy, you love this episode. I You're don't. I don't. I, I have smiling. anxiety. I Your am dimples so are anxious. Popping. Oh, room, room. Let's keep down the road, Graves. We're almost done. We only have 55 more questions, okay? Then do I get to play speed bump on this vehicle? No. Oh. Speed bump. Okay. What happens if Repo Man fought Thurman Sparky Plug? I mean, that's listen. That, there's that's a, a natural rivalry for ever if there ever was one. You've got Thurman Sparky Plug outlaw racer, right? I'm talking old school, like he was probably running moonshine at some point in his career. That's what I like to imagine. And then you've got the Repo Man, who is essentially like the Feds. What, what's the movie about with, with Tom Hardy and and Shia LaBeouf and they they have moonshiners and and they're like running from the law. It's a great movie. I, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But that's kind of what I envision it. Like Repo Man is trying to to lock down Thurman Sparky Plug and his underground moonshine operation. So you have Repo Man as the hero here? Well, it, it's it depends on how you look at it. Because, it, for instance, in the movie that I'm referencing, which I wish I, Dan Dan or anybody listening, one of you I'm sure can find this this movie for me. It's a fantastic film. Um, so fantastic, but, you remember the name of it. Vic, I haven't slept gotcha. in like That's five another days. One. I haven't slept in five days. Anyway, it's all perspective. I love this episode. This it's all perspective. Well, good, because it's going to be the last one. We're going out with a bang. Hell of a last hurrah. Let's just grill Graves, get him all riled up, and make fun of him because he has a terrible memory. Uh, but no, it's all perspective, man. I mean, look, like how many movies are like the feds or the cops, the bad guys? Because you're like, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of rooting for this criminal. So maybe, yeah, I think Sparky Plug would have been, the, he was the one technically breaking the law. Repo Man just wanted to reinforce it. Lawless, I think, is the movie we're looking Lawless for. Lawless is the Lawless. movie. See, I said Outlaw, Moonshine. I was, I was right there. So yeah, check it Not out if you haven't off. seen it. It's a great movie. Did that one bring you back to life for a little bit? Yeah, I'm fading again. Okay. Though. No, 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 no. So I actually want to say with what you just talked about, Lawless. Lawless is a movie I've never even heard of. It's now one that I'm going to watch. I have to actually admit something. When it comes to what I need to watch, what Mackenzie and I need to watch on Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, I always text two people, friend of the show, Mike and Corey Graves. Graves, you always have pinpoint shows like The Flight Attendant. Mm -hmm. That was a year pick. 
Yep. You and your better half. That was you pick. So if you had to show a non-WWE fan one match and to show them why you love the industry, what would it be and why? Hulk Hogan versus The Rock, WrestleMania. Because that, to me, is the pinnacle. It is two megastars. Even if you don't, you didn't know who The Rock was, you, at this point in time, no one on earth doesn't know who The Rock is. Hulk Hogan is Americana, global superstar. I think you get the interest right then and there, but just the spectacle. that Those opening moments of the two biggest icons in the industry staring each other down. You've got the crowd going absolutely bonkers. Right then and there, even if any somebody has never seen or understood sports entertainment or what we do or why we love this, that to me is like the perfect example. Like, hey, this is as good as it gets. If you can't find something that you dig about this, then this business isn't for you. That's a that's a great example of of those those moments because I think a lot of times those on the internet get caught up in a move or they only do X amount of moves. It's the moments that are created. Well, it's it's different. It's you have to look at it being a fan of anything, right? If if you're a, a Marvel fan, you can argue and bicker with other Marvel fans because oh this this hero is better. I can't believe they did that to Iron Man. I that that sort of mentality it works in every other thing. So so if we're talking sports entertainment, the wrestling business. The fans that are into the moves and things, they're just the most hardcore of the heart. That's what they choose. They're like, okay, we love this so much that now we're going to break down minutia. And do you get caught up in the minutia? And do you sometimes cause tensions and issues and arguments that it isn't necessarily your intent? It's just like, oh, I love this guy's move or this guy. It's just different segments of fans. You know what I'm saying? But if you're asking me, somebody who's never watched the business, I show them Hogan Rock. If I show somebody who loves it and maybe just, one of my favorite matches for like the hardcore fan. I mean, God, there, there's a million you could pick from anything. Bret Hart did Shawn Michaels. I mean, you've got guys who have careers that, that define that hardcore fandom and what we love about the business. But if you're asking someone who's never seen it before, Hogan rock enough said it, it's interesting. Cause I brought this up when I was recently home to a friend of mine and he goes one match savage steamboat. And that's, what's interesting to me is people still are gravitating to matches that happened in the eighties that they go, that's what I would show. And they had their reasons why. And to I, your point. I, I agree that that is definitely one of the greatest matches of all time. But I also think that match is extra special to people who love and appreciate the business differently. They are, they know the ins and outs to an extent. They appreciate the, the psychology of it and the story that is told. That's not to say you can't show a non-fan that match and, and they get something out of it. But that to me is kind of like, that's the love letter of that time for, because that match stood out because at that time people didn't do that. That wasn't the style of match that you would see in WWE. And, and Savage and Steamboat came out and essentially, you know, revolutionized the in-ring aspect of the game at that at WrestleMania 3. I totally lost my train of thought after that. But uh, but that so that's a great example for a, a hardcore fan or someone who's just getting into it and is already has the passion for it. But I'm saying if, if it's a blank slate, Hogan Rock. And it's, it ties back to the first question I asked you about Andre beating Hogan. If that Matt, if Hogan doesn't win, you might never get that moment of Hogan Rock. You may never even get the Rock per se, depending on how right, things right. turn out. You and that have. that to me springboard Hulk Hogan into a whole nother 
career. Well, it did because in, in people, times people, of WWE. People, it's easy to lose sight of what a massive star, even beyond the, the halls of WWE, that Andre the Giant was. Andre the Giant was an American phenomenon. He was a celebrity. I know he was, he was French, but across America, he was Americana, much like Hulk Hogan Princess would go to be. Bride, you can throw out a bunch of movies that he was in that he crossed over. Right, but but he was just this larger-than-life character that you didn't even have to like wrestling to know who Andre the Giant was. He had that pop culture appeal. So when Hogan beat him, he de facto became the guy. But I, I, was, I actually think I tweeted it the other day or retweeted it from one of these boxing history accounts that I follow. And it was Andre the Giant versus Chuck Wepner. It's some and Chuck Webner was a heavyweight boxing champion, I believe, at one point. Uh, pretty big name for the time. I'm not super familiar with him, but the video it was boxer versus wrestler, and everyone talks about Ali versus Inoki, but Andre was doing that sort of stuff too. And I think Vince was on the call. It was really you can hear the the commentary, and it's a very young Vince, you know, the classic voice of of growing up watching wrestling, yeah. and uh, it, it was pretty wild to see. So if you're if you're so inclined, check out uh, my Twitter at WWE Graves. It's probably back a couple days, but uh, actually, never mind. Don't follow me on Twitter. It's just a bad decision. <laughs> Anyways, back to, yeah, you know what? You do find yourself in some hot water sometimes, but I will say that you always have good intent behind your tweets. They come from the heart. That's right. I'm That's misunderstood. I'm, I'm misunderstood. misunderstood. You talk about, there's also some great uh, stories about that Hogan rock match. We had Hulk Hogan on uh, prior to WrestleMania. If you want to go back in the archives and listen to Hollywood Hulk Hogan with us, tell some great stories about that match that night and the night after. So go check that one out. Wow. When it comes wow. To- you have picked up a thing or two in your tenure here oh on ATV. You just back promoted. Good job, Vic. You, you, Brother, I was on CBS radio before I came here. I can back promote if I'd like. Oh, okay. I just choose oh, when to oh. pick my points when to come out. Okay. okay. You know, I'm starting to get back into the flow of things. I'm starting uh-huh. to stretch a little bit here. I already said one nice thing about you today. Uh-huh. You don't like to say nice. You did apologize to me at the start of the show, though, which I do appreciate. Apology is accepted, by the way. Just so I think you know. I can still fire you. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Vroom, vroom, back in the car graves. Here we go. We're continuing down this beautiful, it's like Route 66, man. This is awesome, isn't it? You and me, man, nice convertible, tops down. We're just driving. Can you picture it? Yeah. Going through our hair. You don't have hair, but you're holding on to your hat. And like, we're just. We're like Thelma and Louise. This is nice, isn't it? This is nice. Let's continue the momentum here. Now, this is going to be a tough one. Who's the best, in your opinion, Maybe best is the wrong word, but which WWE superstar do you think should have been a world champion that never was? Oh, man. You got to pick one, though. I know we can rattle off a bunch of names. 
But man, are you talking current or of all time? All time. Everybody's at play here. Uh, I think I know he was the NWA champion, so I guess that counts. So I was going to say Ricky Steamboat. I, I would have loved to seen. I, I still think that Ricky Steamboat in WWE never really reached the potential of what Steamboat was capable of. Steamboat's greatest matches, uh, obviously WrestleMania three, which we just talked about, but the, the matches with Ric Flair uh, for the NWA championship to this day are some of my favorite matches of all time. I think they still hold up. Steamboat had a, a, a good run in WWE, but and remember that he did, he spit the fire and we treated him like a literal dragon because he carried a Komodo dragon or something to the ring. Uh, it was kind of cartoony, kind of a little hokey. I don't think the world really got to see what Ricky Steamboat was able to do at his pinnacle. I would have loved to have seen it in WWE. So I know it's kind of a... It's, not a legitimate answer because he was a world champion, but if we're talking WWE centric, I think Steamboat could have been the guy. And for people listening here, because you probably get some tweet or I'll get some tweet, I'm talking specifically a WWE world champion, not WCW gold belt because WCW was purchased later on. No, WWE champion throughout the years. Ricky Steamboat's a great answer. And, and I do believe, I'll be the first to admit, when Ricky Steamboat came back around WrestleMania, uh, 25, I can't remember the year, and he had a couple series of matches at the time with Chris Jericho. I never really had watched Ricky Steamboat. The only Ricky Steamboat I knew of was the guy who was spitting fire Yeah, and what I saw at WrestleMania three. I didn't know. And, and by that point, NWA. the ship, the ship had sailed. I mean, Steamboat was on the back end of his career. He's practically retired and he just came back for the, the story, which was still incredible. And I know what a thrill it was for everyone to have him around. Um, but yeah, I think Steamboat in the right circumstance could have been a mega, mega star as WWE champion, but so we're going to we transition. Know. We, we won't know. We'll train. There's yeah, go ahead, Alex. Guys, I actually have a list here of of WWE current led uh, superstars and legends that have never been world champion. Would you like me to throw a couple of them at you here? Please. Love it. Mr. Perfect, never WWE champion. Uh, Cesaro, as we know, never. That was, uh, that was why I asked one. for clarification as to all time or current. Because that yeah, that's been, definitely a it, current one for, yeah. for sure. I, I hope that Cesaro... It, crowns himself, anoints himself, whether it's universal, he needs to become a world champion here in WWE. Someone you're very familiar with, Vic, over the last few months. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, never WWE champion. So who's going to pick up on the argument, though, with that one? Because right. he purchased it he, from Andre. Of course. So, I mean, possession's nine-tenths of the law. What does the I record book say? Is, it, is it, If we look at the lineage of WWE champions, after Hulk Hogan or I'm sorry, after uh, Andre wins the, the championship and sells it to DiBiase, is it listed as DiBiase as champion? I mean, it spawned the whole tournament. Some people win a championship and then it. hand it over, like they just vacate it and forfeit it to somebody. I mean, I see, I see, I say no, because he bought the world title, but then had it commissioned into the diamond-encrusted gold million-dollar championship. So I would say absolutely not, because he never legitimately won it. Hey, listen, possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> I will say something that's been really cool is I got to hold the million-dollar championship. That's something that, whew, that thing was awesome. Sorry, Alex. And, uh, a couple other names here. Uh, Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon, never WWE champion. Wow, yeah. That's a wild one. He never needed it, though. No, not really. Uh, uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, whatever, he was just always cool. Like, no matter what he did, he fit. 
and he didn't need the championship to to be looked at as that next tier star. He just was, and there's just he was he's amazing. I think Scott Hall is one of my favorites of all time. And don't forget too, and we talked about this on a past episode, but that era was when uh, you know coming out of the Hogan versus Warrior title versus title, and then what Bret Hart was able to do. The Intercontinental title was like that was as that big was as the, the world title right. in, in my it eyes was. in the yeah. mid '90s, yeah. and he I had a big agree. part of that too, for sure. Um, two more: Jake the Snake Roberts, never a world champion. Uh, again, did he I'm ever win sure any I, championship in the WWE? I, I don't know. I want to say maybe he held the Intercontinental title, but I'm not. I, I don't I'd think he ever really held a championship. But I would argue he's like Scott Hall in the sense that I don't know that he ever needed a title. Right, right. Just like a like a perennially cool, strong character that just delivers and people just dug him all the time, no matter what he did. Nope, never held the world title in WWE. Never held any title in WWE. That's what I thought. There you go. And then my final one, and this one uh, is 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 incredible to me that it never happened. But Rowdy Roddy Piper never held Mm -hmm. the WWE Championship. Another one that didn't necessarily need it. Need it, yeah. Uh, Rick Rude, I I don't think ever held the WWE title. Rick Rude's another good one. Rick Rude never held the WWE title. I mean, again, that's a that's. That's almost graves like when we talk about what flavor of ice cream do you like? Exactly. There's not really a wrong answer right. to it unless you say pistachio. And you just like continue down the path of names. So I'm going to flip this real quick and ask you because you guys kind of just talked about it. Are you a big believer that you don't need a championship if as a, a superstar? If a superstar is talented enough, absolutely they don't need a championship. Championships help legitimize superstars, but to the, to the cases we just made. No one looked at Razor Ramon at, at less, as less than when Scott Hall showed up in WCW. It didn't matter that he was never WWE champion. You know, Diesel was WWE champion and he showed up and it was still the same response. Like, oh my God, what are these guys doing here? But you, it, it, absolutely, you don't need to be the champion. It helps in certain cases, but Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake is a Hall of Famer. He's about as close to pop culture as you can get. I mean, people that don't even like wrestling or sports entertainment know who Jake the snake is, right? Jake, the snake Roberts. He was just that big of a star. He didn't need it. So, so to answer your question, no, people don't need the championships, but sometimes it can help propel them to the next tier. Yeah. There's a lot of guys, even today, Cesaro, every time he steps in the ring, you know, you're going to get an excellent match. You're going to get something that's going to keep your eyes glued to the TV. And it goes back to what we talked about in terms of moves. I think so many, uh, even my friends go, I wish I had, I wish I was this champion. I wish I was that. Well, you don't need it, dude. Just go out there and have a great match. Tell a great story. And or go win the championship, you know, <laughs> like, and, or make yourself you, valuable. Get, so put yourself in a position to, they, to be in a title picture. You know, just, oh, I wish I was, well, you know, I wish I was the IWGP champion, but it, okay. I don't live in Japan. Okay. Well, you wish happen. you had five days of sleep. Uh, yeah. God, don't I ever. Really quick, uh, Scott Hall's resume is actually incredible, but it help, it shows no world championship anywhere. So two-time Hall of Famer, four-time Intercontinental Champion, and then in WCW, a, he was a world television champion, a two-time United States Champion, and a seven-time tag team champion. Right. But he, again, like you said, he's as popular and as important to the business as, as literally anybody that we've talked about here today, but never held the world championship. And he was part of a ladder match that revolutionized – that sort of maybe, matchup. Maybe the biggest thing he was ever involved in, really. Right, right. Which maybe Graves brings in the NWO. Which Graves brings me to this. We talk about ladder matches, the Elimination Chamber, uh, Hell in a Cell, which you and I have both had the opportunity uh, to call Hell in a Cell matches, Money in the Bank. 
These are matches and moments to me that as a fan, I sat back in and would salivate when I found out, oh man, they're going to go in the elimination chamber. Oh man, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, bad blood is going to be inside hell in a cell. I got to go to Columbus, Ohio to watch that. Do you wish they stayed as individual matches that just popped up out of nowhere? Because right now we yes, have events. Yes. So I'm going yes. back 15, 20 years here. I, I know where you, I know exactly where you're going. And, and obviously it's not my sandbox. Uh, so uh, this is really irrelevant. But yes, I was a fan of the matches being a means to an end where the issue was such that you only could settle it one way. And it had to be inside a cage or with a coal miner's glove or Judy Bagwell on a pole because oh, yeah. things were so heated that that was the only way you had to do it as opposed to saying, hey, who are we going to put in it this year? But different flavors of ice cream, you know? The bunkhouse brawl match, I think, is what it was called. It was on the back of the semi-truck. Do you remember that? was that? the king of the road match, Vic. King of the that road. That was the black top bully, a.k.a. Repo, Repo Man. Repo Man. <laughs> and Dustin Rhodes, uh, yes, the competing on a an active... 18 wheeler there was lots of hay it was uh it was quite an experiment it, it still was, lives on the wwe network it was uh that was uncensored fine. i believe it was a wcw uncensored pay-per-view when they kind of did all wacky stipulation matches and that was one of them that Let's one that one in the back of a moving tractor trailer <laughs> that one kind of sticks you mentioned you so I, I agree with you too man i don't mind the the events themselves i still think they're they're cool to watch because the stories always relate uh, most of the time and and you are excited for these sort of things but there was nothing better than years ago when you just had 15 20 years ago when you just looked somebody in the eye and just said hell in a cell and you're just like oh man we know what we're gonna get didn't matter what a pay-per-view it would be at i mean hell right. they used to have hell in a cell on ross right. you know i i do is is that something of missing just the Spot in 80, like it just comes out of nowhere and now you know what we're going to. I think well, it all look draws it, into it, man. There's two schools of thought because you could also argue the other side of it that there's stip, that there's anticipation, that you know at the certain point every year, Hell in a Cell is coming up rather than going, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if they did a Hell? No, no, you love a Hell in a Cell match, you're going to get them. You're probably going to get two, maybe even three, but you know it's coming. It's on the calendar. So I completely understand the mentality behind that because now you have something tangible that you can promote for months leading up to it as opposed to the spontaneity, which again, I, I'm still a fan of surprise. I think that's the, the one element of our business that truly creates magic to me is surprise when something happens someone shows up you weren't expecting uh or someone comes back that you haven't seen in a long time that to me is my favorite feeling that comes from loving sports entertainment so i i can see both sides of the coin i, I appreciate the spontaneity and i liked when it was a means to an end but also it totally makes sense to me why hey this is what's happening every year in July is money in the bank or, you know, obviously we're already promoting next year in Las Vegas because it's become that big of an event. So I don't have a problem with it. I totally understand it. It's just a uh, personal choice. How are you feeling right now? I am exhausted. But, All right, well, uh, we need to get some more food in you. What is your engaged. What is your favorite flavor of Dorito? I'm not a big Doritos fan, Vic. I think, I think we've had this what discussion. What's wrong with you? I know. That's the same response I've been getting for the majority of my life. I say I'm not a huge Dorito. I didn't say I don't like Doritos. I'm not a big fan Potato of Doritos. Potato chip. No. Listen, Vic, I'm going to give you an answer. This is why you're not allowed to host. Bugles. I am the guest, essentially, right now. Bugles are great. Ugh. But when it comes to Doritos, my favorite flavor of Doritos is the salsa verde in the green bag. They're hard to find, but they are the best. I like the flaming Hot. This is not up for debate. I just gave you my answer. No, I am right. Hot. 
So here's what I want you to do. I, uh, I really want quick, you to, I have to jump in here. The purple bag spicy sweet chili is the go. Oh, spicy sweet flavor, chili is and nice. I will not accept any other answer. I've never you. had those, so. Oh, maybe it would change your mind then. So Alex can, you know, you're here. Gravy, I got a, I got a little project for you. Take your favorite flavor of Dorito, anyone listening. Put it in a Ziploc bag. Don't, don't do your hair thing. There it is. He already did it. Smash the bag down. Okay. Take cheese sticks. Cut the cheese sticks in half. Put them in a nice egg wash. Okay. Put the egg wash mozzarella stick into the crumbles of the Doritos, your favorite flavor of Dorito that you had. Shake the bag up. Then take them on. Put them in an air fryer. If you don't have an air fryer, you can use uh, some oil in a pan. And you can have homemade Dorito cheese sticks. Thanks, Emeril. What do you think about that? <laughs> Bam! I don't did, think about did that. Your that aunt sounds absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like way more work can't, than it's can't worth. Can't tell you where I found it. Did Might your have been aunt on Pinterest. share you that recipe on Facebook, no, Vic? No, she did not. I don't have Facebook, Alex, <laughs> but I did make them and I did like them. You guys laugh, but you all laughed last week when you said peanut butter on a spoon, and all of you were wrong. That's why we're in this predicament to begin and with. Yeah, Alex. that's why that's you true. don't argue with me. You just say, Vic, you're right. I will say string cheese is a must-have in the fridge at home. That's like a, that's a go-to snack for sure. Love the string cheese. I would never call it a cheese stick. I don't know what you're talking about, Vic. It's a string cheese. All right, now we got string cheese talk, Alex. Now you're just taking this thing all – you're taking this thing in a whole weird direction with string cheese. I mean, come on now. I have two bags waiting for me what, right now. What, are you just biting into it or are you ripping it off? Oh, I bite into it. No, 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 all the way down. I don't string it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you, Vic. I actually agree with oh, you on really? that one. Yeah, yeah I, I've been uh, I've been mocked and ridiculed by my significant other for that very reason. I, I don't got time it. to BS with right your string <laughs> cheese, shaving it and crap. I'm eating the damn right, thing. Dan chimes in. Rightfully, <laughs> rightfully so. You both should be chastised. It's string cheese. You got to peel it. Dan, where did you decide to come into this conversation? You were wrong about the peanut butter last week, too. Look, I heard string cheese and I had to pipe in. String cheese. No, just eat the damn thing. We're not here to play with it. We're not here to string it along and lay it over our tongues and put a little money. Eat the damn thing. Just get a block of cheese if you want to do that. I do that as well. That's also good. Okay, let's move on now because you guys totally derailed this. We need to save this, yeah, Graves. You us, and I. Not a, Hey, you guys should have listened to me last week. We wouldn't be in this position that we are this week with the spoon and the peanut butter. Isn't it amazing what happens when the roles are reversed? Yes, it is. Do you it have sucks. a whole new appreciation, Vic, for no. what I do every single week of my life? Graves, how much joy have I brought you in your life? Do you remember me hiding in the bathroom and then jumping out <laughs> at uh, front of the show, Tom? I sure do. I think I okay. have a photo of you, you ghoul. Think of all the things I have done that have brought you joy. And sm- See, even me bringing that up, you started to smile. Yeah, Look at it's that. hilarious. Some of the th- what's some of the stupid things I've done that we could share? With I don't you? know. We're, uh, th- we didn't. So this is what happens when you get the keys to the castle. Vroom, you vroom. want me to talk about you yeah, and yeah, how I want you happy to say you nice. make me. Oh, yes. Next week on ATB, Corey Graves talks about how amazing he is. And he has a guest to verify his amazingness. I, I've that always said that you're right. No I one wants to listen great. to that. Say nice things about me, Graves. Vic, ask me another question or I'm leaving. I can okay. leave now. I'm in a different place. I'm in clandestine location, number one. Good use of the word. That's a million dollar word. Most underrated tag team of all time. Answer oh, it if you love me. God, impossible. Underrated tag team of he all time. He loves me. There it is. I said, answer if you love me, and you started answering it, so I appreciate that, Grace. <laughs> you are the man. Hey, right here, brother. You suck. You absolutely <laughs> suck. I don't know. I don't I can't think. I, I have no, you got to give me, you can't put no, me on the spot. No, this is, this is, 
I just flipped you on the grill. Let's go. Come on. This is what the show's about. You Bo and Blake, been- the Beverly Brothers. You don't mean that. I just said it. You don't mean that. I use my word impeccably. I mean it. That's another good word. You uh, explain why. Because Bo and Blake, the Beverly Brothers, had the best entrance music of any tag team in sports entertainment history. They looked cool. I don't know why I hated them, but I hated them. But I, I feel like they uh, they they might have missed the boat on old Bo and Blake. Is Dan unmiked? What about Techno Team 2000? No, let's not talk about Techno Team 2000. Why Chad not? Fortune and Eric Watts. Yeah. Why Travis not? Why and not Troy, techno- I believe they were called. Why not Techno Team 2000? Uh, Vic, have you ever actually watched the Techno Team 2000 I've only match? seen one of their matches. Okay. I don't know if need. I can find anymore. Well, that's all you need to know. So they're Did not underrated. Have- if we're crapping on them and they don't have a body of work to choose from, they're not underrated. I they only existed get- for like a week. I just want to get Techno Team 2000 into the show. Who are you texting? Don't try to need your funny tricks here. I'm actually I'm actually answering texts because I have movers and designers and all these crazy people moving in and out of my new house, and I need to keep track of it. All right, so let's I'm get multitasking back on- is what's happening, Vic. Well, you always multitask. Let's get back to serious topic. Vic, I got to get out of here, man. I got stuff to do. I, I can't right, sit here right, and right. indulge your all curiosity right. all day long. There's two things you love. Grilling, baseball. Correct. All right. Every year you have this uncanny ability to just say some crap team from the previous year or two. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, they're, they're, they're winning games. They're in pennant races. I think last year or the year before was the Padres. Yes, that was that was my pick just on a whim every year. So let me give it a little context here. I grew up and still reside in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm wearing a Pirates shirt right now. I am dyed in the wool, a Buccos fan. But the Pirates are one of the most terrible teams in the history of professional sports. So every year, to give myself a reason to watch baseball or whatever it is that I'm I'm interested in at the time, I always pick a plan B, a, a backup team, which is also why I'm a Yankees fan. Because for the 20 years in a row that the Pirates couldn't even have a winning record, I needed to have a team that might have a chance to be worth something. So I could always, even in Pittsburgh, see the Yankees because they were usually nationally televised. So I went, hey, I'm a Yankees fan. Then my, my friend Zach from high school and I, we, we made it our, our habit. We said, okay, it, it was when the, the Red Sox won the, the World Series for the first time a few years ago. That was the, when it started. Like, yeah, this is going to be the Red Sox year. And they won. And then we did it with the Nationals. And it basically isn't each individual season we pick a team. We pick a team that's going to be good until they become good. And then once they become good, we jump off the bandwagon. So that's actually why this year I didn't choose a new team because I'm still sort of basking in the afterglow of the Padres being legitimate. They haven't won the world championship yet, so I'm not off the Padres train, but I'm keeping an eye on the Padres because that was our random team of, oh, these guys are going to be pretty good someday. And now the, that time has arrived. So that team is still the team you're sticking with this baseball season. You're still running with the Padres who looking up on my little cheat sheet here, 73 and 65 heading into whatever number they're at right now. Well, the pirates are 93 games under 500 right now. Well, I, think I can't that's their actual I, record. So I, I can't I, help you with that one. They're actually dead last. Uh, I'm telling you, I know wow. these things. I, and I know, I know my buddy Cole listens to this. Uh, he's a big fan of WWE. So shout out to Cole Tucker doing his thing. Trying. He's trying. I still love the Buckos. Just need to get some, you know, get some stuff off the ground. Well, taking a look, Padres aren't doing too hot either. So you can continue to hold on to that Padres pick. I wish one day, and it might happen soon, that your pick would be the Cleveland Guardians. Ugh, that makes me sick to say. <laughs> Ugh.
Come on, man. That wasn't so bad. Vic, that was less pleasurable than I had hoped, yet not as painful as I had feared. That's my diagnosis of your ability to steer the ship here on ATB. I'll take that. That's that another said, compliment today. It is never happening again. Everyone listening, remind me to never make a Disagree. bet, never wager anything with Vic Joseph when the well-being of my baby, the show, is is at stake here. Um, Brown Steelers are coming up. Yep. You want to make a bet on it? Yeah. If the Steelers win, when the Steelers win, you're off the show. All right. I'll take that bet. But Good. if the Browns win, then I get a month of hosting. Deal. That's Whoa. how confident I am. Deal. That's how confident I am that your Browns are frauds, and I'm willing to put that up for grabs. You're so, you don't even know what you just did because you forgot what you were about to say. You're already shook with that bet. I am. I am because I was just thinking to myself, well, if you're going to steer the ship, you should at least do the closing announcements this week. But one month of that, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. I'm basically risking a significant portion of my paycheck because this thing is going to go right into the iceberg, Vic. And I'm going to be like Leonardo DiCaprio on a piece of wood in the ocean. And people are going to be going, man. That means I can be remember, Rose. What? That means I live. You die. I'll take the ship and keep it going. Alex is very excited about this. I won't let you go, Jack. Alex, please go. never let this happen again. Don't make bad bets. I was just going to say, we just need to not doubt Vic's correctness about, or at least we just need to not doubt how many people would agree with his stupidity. <laughs> Vic, can you do the close, please? Well, Graves, I'm going to try to do this for the first time ever. Good luck. Okay, follow the show at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow my guest this week, the co-host at WWE Graves. You didn't like that, did you? You can see it in your eyes. You didn't like that one. Or you can find me at Vic Joseph WWE. And of course, you can listen for free on Spotify. And on Spotify, just search After the Bell. And of course, please hit that follow button. And to keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network, follow at WWE Podcast on all social media platforms. We'll be back next week with obviously more wisdom because the keys to this Ferrari are back into the hands of one and only Corey Graves, who's also trying not to smile if you watch this on YouTube. And with that, next week you will get more me, more Graves, and more WWE after the bell. Before we let this end that way, I just need to apologize to everybody who just suffered through this. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you too. Not you. Not you.